Chapter Fourteen of The Well at the World's End, Book One, The Road Unto Love. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary Agnew. Book One of The Well at the World's End by William Morris. Chapter Fourteen. What Ralph Heard of the Matters of the Burg of the Four Friths There was no candle in the hall when he entered, but it was not so dark therein that he might see Roger sitting on a stool near the chimney, and opposite to him, on the settle, sat two men, one very tall and big, the other small. Roger was looking away from these and whistling, and it came into Ralph's mind that he would have him think that he had not to do with them, whether that was so or not. But he turned round as Ralph came up the hall and rose and came up to him, and fell to talking with him, and asking how he liked the burg. And ever he spake fast and loud, so that again it came on Ralph that he was playing a part. Ralph heeded him little, but ever looked through the hall dusk on those twain, who presently arose and went toward the hall door. But when they were halfway across the floor, a chamberlain came in suddenly, bearing candles in his hands, and the light fell on those guests and flashed back from the salad on the head of the big man, and Ralph saw that he was clad in a long white gabardine, and he deemed that he was the very man whom he had seen last time in the great palace at Hyam, nigh the church, and before that upon the road. As for the smaller man, Ralph had no knowledge of him, for he could see but little of his face, whereas he was wrapped up in a cloak, for as warm as the evening was, and wore a slouch hat withal, but his eyes seemed great and wondrous bright. But when they were gone, Ralph asked Roger if he knew aught of them, or if they had told him aught. Nay, said Roger, they came in here as I sat alone, and had their meat. And I spake not to them, and little to each other. I deem them not to be of the burg. Nay, sooth to say, I doubt if they be true men. As he spake came in a sort of townsman, somewhat merry and noisy, and called for meat and drink and more lights, so that the board was brought and the hall was speedily astir. These men, while supper was being die, fell to talking to Ralph and Roger, and asked them questions of whence and whither, but not wise uncourteously, to whom Roger answered, with the tale which he had told Ralph, and Ralph told what he would, and that was but little. But when the board was die, they bade him sit with them and eat. Ralph sat down at once, and Roger would have served him, but Ralph bade him do it not and constrained him to sit by his side, and they too sat a little apart from the townsmen. So when they had eaten their fill, and wine was brought, the men were drinking kindly. Ralph began to ask Roger concerning those women who he had seen in the street, and the captives whom he had seen brought in by the host, and if they were of one kindred, and generally how it was with them. And he spake somewhat softly, as if he would not break into the talk of the townsmen. But Roger answered him in a loud voice, so that all could hear. 
yea lord i will tell thee of the tale of them which setteth forth well both the wise policy and the great mercy of the folk of the burg and their rulers said ralph are these women also of the dry tree for i perceive them to be born of the foes of the burg now the townsmen had let their talk drop a while to listen to the talk of the aliens and roger answered still in a loud voice nay nay it is not so these queens are indeed war-taken thralls but not from them of the dry tree or they would have been slain at once like as the carls of those accursed ones but these are the folk of the wheat wares even as those whom thou sawest brought to-day amidst the other spoil and to this folk the burg showeth mercy and when so the host goeth against them and overcometh and that is well nigh whether they meet these worthy lords slay no women of them but the men only whether they be old young or youngest as for their women they are brought hither and sold at the market cross to the highest bidder and this honour they have that such of them as be fair and that is the more part of the younger ones fetch no ill penny yet for my part i loathe to cheapen such wares for they make but evil servants being proud and not abiding stripes lightly or toiling the harder for them and they be somewhat too handy with the knife if they deem themselves put upon speak i sooth my masters quoth he turning toward them of the town said the burgher somewhat stricken in years no but sooth peaceable men like me eschew such servants all the more because of this that if one of those queens misbehave with the knife or strayeth from her master's bed the laws of the burg meddle lot wherein for the wise man to say that such folks are not more within the law than kind be and may not for their deeds be brought before lead or assize any more than kind so that if the master punish her for her misdoings unpunished she needs must go yea even if her deed be mere murder that is sooth said a somewhat younger man yet whiles it fareth ill with them at the hands of our own women to wit my father's brother has even come from the war to find his thrall all spoiled by his wife and what remedy may he have against his wife his money is gone even as if she had hold his horse or his best cow yeah said a third we were better without such cattle a thrust with his sword and all the tale told were the better way of dealing with them said another yet are the queen's good websters and lacking them figured cloth of silk would be far-fetched and dear-bought here a young man gaily clad who had been eyeing the speakers disdainfully spake next and said fair sirs you are speaking like hypocrites and if your lawful wives were here to hearken to you whereas you know well goodly these thralls be that many of them can be kind upon withal and ye would think yourselves but ill bestead if you might not cheapen such jewels for your money which of you will go to the cross next saturday and wear by him a fairer wife than he could wed out of our lineages and a wife withal whose humours he need take no more account of than the dullness of his hound 
or the skittish temper of his mare, as long as the thong smarts and the twigs sting. One or two grinned as he spake, but some bent their brows at him, yet scarce in earnest, and the talk thereover dropped. Nor did Ralph ask any more questions, for he was somewhat downhearted, calling to mind the frank and free maidens of Upmead, and their friendly words and hearty kisses. And him seemed the world was worse than he had looked to find it. Howsoever, the oldest and soberest of the guests, seeing that he was a stranger and of noble aspect, came unto him and sat by him, and fell to telling him tales of the wars of the men of the burg with the wheat-wearers, and how in time past, when the town was but little fenced, the wheat-wearers had stormed their gates and taken the city, and had made a great slaughter, but yet had spared many of the fighting men, although they had abided there as the masters of them, and held them enthralled for three generations of men, after which time their sons' sons of the old burg-dwellers, having grown very many again, and divers of them being trusted in sundry matters by the conquerors, who oppressed them but little, rose up against them as occasion served. In the winter season, and the Yule feast, they slew their masters, save for a few who were hidden away. And thereafter, quoth he, did we make the burg strong and hard to win, as you see it to-day? and we took for our captain the forest lord and erewhile had dwelt in the clearings of the wildwood and he wedded the fair lady who was the son's daughter of him who had been our lord ere the wheat-wearers overcame us and we grew safe and free and mighty again and the son of the forest lord he whom we call the warsmith he it was who beheld the burg too much given to pleasure and delighting in the softness of life and he took order to harden our hearts and to cause all freemen to learn the craft of war and battle and let the women and thralls and aliens see to the other craftsmanship and to chaffer and even so it is done as he would and ye shall find us hearty of heart enough and belike not so joyous as might be yet at least we shall not be easily overcome so indeed it seemeth said ralph yet will i ask of you first one question and then another ask on said the burgher said ralph how is it that ye being so strong should still suffer them of the dry tree taking a man here and a man there when ye might destroy them utterly the burgher reddened and cleared his throat and said sir it must be made clear to you that these evil beasts are no peril to the burg of the four friths all the harm they may do us is as when a cur dog biteth a man in the calf of the leg whereby the man should be grieved indeed but the dog slain such grief as that they have done us at whiles but the grief is paid for thus that the hunting and slaying of them keeps our men in good trim and pleasures them shortly to say it they are the chief deer wherein our wood is stocked he stopped a while and then went on again and said to say sooth they be not very handy for crushing as a man crushes a wasp because sorcery goes with them and the wiles of one who is their queen the 
evilest woman who ever spat upon the blessed host of the altar. Yet is she strong, and a devouring sea of souls, God help us! And he blessed himself therewith, said Ralph. Yet a word on these wheat-wearers. It seemeth that you never fail to overcome them in battle. But seldom at least, quoth the burgher, said Ralph. Then it were no great matter for you to gather a host overwhelming, and to take their towns and castles, and forbid them weapons, and make them your thralls till a land for you which now they call theirs, so that ye might have their gettings all save what are needful for them to live as thralls. I deem it were an easy thing, said the burgher. Quoth Ralph, Then why do you not so? It were but a poor game to play, said the burgher. Such of their wealth as they have a mind to, we can have now at the cost of a battle or two. Begun one hour, ended the next, were we their masters, sitting down amidst of their hatred and amidst of their plotting, and in the very place where the hottest and thickest the battle would be to begin at every sun's uprising, nor would it be ended at any sunset. Ha! What sayest thou? said Ralph. This seemeth to me the bare truth, yet it is little after the manner of such masterful men as ye be. But why when do you slay all their carls that are taken, whereas you bear away the women and make thralls of them at home, that is to say, foes in every house? It may be, said the burgher, that this is not amongst the wisest of our dealings. Yet may we do no otherwise? For thus we swore to do by all the greatest oaths that we might swear, in the days when we first cast off their yoke, and yet were not over-strong at the first, and now it hath so grown into part of our manners, yea, of our very hearts and minds, that the slayings of the wheat-wearer is to us a lighter matter than smiting of a rabbit or a fowl-mart. But now look you, fair sir, my company arises from the table, so I bid thee a good night, and I give thee a good read along with the good wish to wit that thou ask not too many questions in this city concerning its foemen for here is the stranger looked upon with doubt if he neither will take the wages of the burg for battle nor hath aught to sell ralph reddened at his word and the other looked at him steadily as he spoke so that ralph deemed that he mistrusted him he deemed moreover that three or four of the others looked hard at him as they went towards the door, while Roger stood somewhat smiling and humming a snatch of an old song. But when the other guests had left the hostelry, Roger left his singing and turned to Ralph and said, Master, meseems that they mistrust us, and now maybe is that peril that I spake of nigher than I deemed when we came into the burg this morning. And now I would that we were well out of the burg, and in the merry greenwood again, and it repents me that I brought thee hither. Nay, good fellow, quoth Ralph, heed it not. Besides, it was me, not thee, that they seemed to doubt of. I will depart hence to-morrow morning, no worse than I came, and leave thee to seek thy fortune here, and good luck go with thee. Roger looked hard at him, and said, 
not so young lord if thou goest i go with thee for thou hast won my heart i know not how and i would verily be thy servant to follow thee whithersoever thou goest for i think that great deeds will come of thee this word pleased ralph for he was young and lightly put faith in men's words and loved to be well thought of and was fain of good fellowship withal so he said this is a good word of thine and i thank thee for it and i look to it that in my adventures and the reward of them shalt have thy due share lo hear my hand on it roger took his hand yet therewith his face seemed a little troubled but he said naught then spoke ralph true it is that i am not fain to take the wages of the burg for it seems to me that they be hard men and cruel and joyless and that their service shall be rather churlish than knightly howbeit let night bring counsel and we will see to this to-morrow for now i am both sleepy and weary therewith he called the chamberlain who bore a wax light before him to his chamber and he did off his raiment and cast himself on his bed and fell asleep straightway before he knew where roger was sleeping whether it were in the hall or some place else end of chapter 14 recording by mary agnew